chapter fifty of supplements to the fourth book from the world as will and idea volume three by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter fifty epiphilosophy at the conclusion of my exposition a few reflections concerning my philosophy itself may find their place my philosophy does not pretend to explain the existence of the world in its ultimate grounds it rather sticks to the facts of external and internal experience as they are accessible to every one and shows the true and deepest connection of them without really going beyond them to any extra mundane things and their relations to the world it therefore arrives at no conclusions as to what lies beyond all possible experience but affords merely an exposition of what is given in the external world and in self-consciousness thus contents itself with comprehending the nature of the world in its inner connection with itself it is consequently immanent in the kantian sense of the word but just on this account it leaves many questions untouched for example why what is proved as a fact is as it is and not otherwise etc all such questions however or rather the answers to them are really transcendent that is they cannot be thought by the forms and functions of our intellect do not enter into these it is therefore related to them as our sensibility is related to the possible properties of bodies for which we have no senses after all my explanations one may still ask for example whence has sprung this will that is free to assert itself the manifestation of which is the world or to deny itself the manifestation of which we do not know what is the fatality lying beyond all experience which has placed it in the very doubtful dilemma of either appearing as a world in which suffering and death reign or else denying its very being or again what can have prevailed upon it to forsake the infinitely preferable peace of blessed nothingness an individual will one may add can only turn to its own destruction through error in the choice thus through the fault of knowledge but the will in itself before all manifestation consequently still without knowledge how could it go astray and fall into the ruin of its present condition whence in general is the great discord that permeates this world it may further be asked how deep into the true being of the world the roots of individuality go to which it may certainly be answered they go as deep as the assertion of the will to live where the denial of the will appears they cease for they have arisen with the assertion but one might indeed even put the question what would i be if i were not will to live and more of the same kind to all such questions we would first have to reply that the expression of the most universal and general form of our intellect is the principle of sufficient reason but that just on this account that principle finds application only to the phenomenon not to the being in itself of things yet all whence and why depend upon that principle alone as a result of the kantian philosophy it is no longer an aeterna veritas but merely the form that is the function of our intellect which is essentially cerebral and originally a mere tool in the service of the will which it therefore presupposes together with all its objectifications but our whole knowing and conceiving is bound to its forms 
accordingly we must conceive everything in time consequently as a before and after then as cause and effect and also as above and below whole and part etc and cannot by any means escape from this sphere in which all possibility of our knowledge lies now these forms are utterly unsuited to the problems raised here nor are they fit or able to comprehend their solution even if it were given therefore with our intellect this mere tool of the will we are everywhere striking upon insoluble problems as against the walls of our prison but besides this it may at least be assumed as probable that not only for us is knowledge of all that has been asked about impossible but no such knowledge is possible in general thus never and in no way that these relations are not only relatively but absolutely insusceptible of investigation that not only does no one know them but that they are in themselves unknowable because they do not enter into the form of knowledge in general this corresponds to what scotus erigena says de mirabili divina ignorantia quadeus non intelligit quid ipse sit book two for knowableness in general with its most essential and therefore constantly necessary form of subject and object belongs merely to the phenomenal appearance not to the being in itself of things where knowledge and consequently idea is there is also only phenomenon and we stand there already in the province of the phenomenal nay knowledge in general is known to us only as a phenomenon of brain and we are not only unjustified in conceiving it otherwise but also incapable of doing so what the world is as world may be understood it is phenomenal manifestation and we can know that which manifests itself in it directly from ourselves by means of a thorough analysis of self-consciousness then however by means of this key to the nature of the world the whole phenomenal manifestation can be deciphered as i believe i have succeeded in doing but if we leave the world in order to answer the questions indicated above we have also left the whole sphere in which not only connection according to reason and consequent but even knowledge itself is possible then all is instabilis telus inabilis unda the nature of things before or beyond the world and consequently beyond the will is open to no investigation because knowledge in general is itself only a phenomenon and therefore exists only in the world as the world exists only in it the inner being in itself of things is nothing that knows no intellect but an unconscious knowledge is only added as an accident a means of assistance to the phenomenon of that inner being and can therefore apprehend that being itself only in proportion to its own nature which is designed with reference to quite different ends those of the individual will consequently very imperfectly here lies the reason why a perfect understanding of the existence nature and origin of the world extending to its ultimate ground and satisfying all demands is impossible so much as to the limits of my philosophy and indeed of all philosophy the enkaipan that is that the inner nature in all things is absolutely one and the same my age had already grasped and understood after the eleatics scotus erigena giordano bruno and spinoza had thoroughly taught and schelling had revived this doctrine 
but what this one is and how it is able to exhibit itself as the many is the problem the solution of which is first found in my philosophy certainly from the most ancient times man had been called the microcosm i have reversed the proposition and shown the world as the macranthropos because will and idea exhaust its nature as they do that of man but it is clearly more correct to learn to understand the world from man than man from the world for one has to explain what is indirectly given thus external perception from what is directly given thus self-consciousness not conversely with the pantheists then i have certainly that enkaipan in common but not the pantheos because i do not go beyond experience taken in its widest sense and still less do i put myself in contradiction with the data which lie before me scotus erigena quite consistently with the spirit of pantheism explains every phenomenon as a theophany but then this conception must also be applied to the most terrible and abominable phenomena fine theophanies what further distinguishes me from pantheism is principally the following one that their theos is an x an unknown quantity the will on the other hand is of all possible things the one that is known to us most exactly the only thing given immediately and therefore exclusively fitted for the explanation of the rest for what is unknown must always be explained by what is better known not conversely two that their theos manifests itself animi causa to unfold his glory or indeed to let himself be admired apart from the vanity here attributed to him they are placed in the position of being obliged to sophisticate away the colossal evil of the world but the world remains in glaring and terrible contradiction with that imagined excellence with me on the contrary the will arrives through its objectification however this may occur at self-knowledge whereby its abolition conversion salvation becomes possible and accordingly with me alone ethics has a sure foundation and is completely worked out in agreement with the sublime and profound religions brahmanism buddhism and christianity not merely with judaism and mohammedanism the metaphysic of the beautiful also is first fully cleared up as a result of my fundamental truth and no longer requires to take refuge behind empty words with me alone is the evil of the world honestly confessed in its whole magnitude this is rendered possible by the fact that the answer to the question as to its origin coincides with the answer to the question as to the origin of the world on the other hand in all other systems since they are all optimistic the question as to the origin of evil is the incurable disease ever breaking out anew with which they are affected and in consequence of which they struggle along with palliatives and quack remedies three that i start from experience and the natural self-consciousness given to every one and lead to the will as that which alone is metaphysical thus i adopt the ascending analytical method the pantheists again adopt the opposite method the descending or synthetical they start from their theos which they beg or take by force although sometimes under the name substantia or absolute and this unknown is then supposed to explain everything that is better known four that with me the world does not fill the whole possibility of all being 
but in this there still remains much room for that which we denote only negatively as the denial of the will to live pantheism on the other hand is essentially optimism but if the world is what is best then the matter may rest there five that to the pantheists the perceptible world thus the world of idea is just the intentional manifestation of the god indwelling in it which contains no real explanation of its appearance but rather requires to be explained itself with me on the other hand the world as idea appears merely per accidens because the intellect with its external perception is primarily only the medium of motives for the more perfect phenomena of will which gradually rises to that objectivity of perceptibility in which the world exists in this sense its origin as an object of perception is really accounted for and not as with the pantheists by means of untenable fictions since in consequence of the kantian criticism of all speculative theology the philosophizers of germany almost all threw themselves back upon spinoza so that the whole series of feudal attempts known by the name of the post-kantian philosophy are simply spinozism tastelessly dressed up veiled in all kinds of unintelligible language and otherwise distorted i wish now that i have explained the relation of my philosophy to pantheism in general to point out its relation to spinozism in particular it stands then to spinozism as the new testament stands to the old what the old testament has in common with the new is the same god creator analogous to this the world exists with me as with spinoza by its inner power and through itself but with spinoza his substantia aeterna the inner nature of the world which he himself calls god is also as regards its moral character and worth jehovah the god creator who applauds his own creation and finds that all is very good pantakala leon spinoza has deprived him of nothing but personality thus according to him also the world and all in it is wholly excellent and as it ought to be therefore man has nothing more to do than vivere agere sum esse conservare ex fundamento proprium utile querendi ethics four sixty seven he is even to rejoice in his life as long as it lasts entirely in accordance with ecclesiastes nine seven through ten in short it is optimism therefore its ethical side is weak as in the old testament nay it is even false and in part revolting with me on the other hand the will or the inner nature of the world is by no means jehovah it is rather as it were the crucified saviour or the crucified thief according as it resolves therefore my ethical teaching agrees with that of christianity completely and in its highest tendencies and not less with that of brahmanism and buddhism spinoza could not get rid of the jews quos semel est imbuta recens servabit odorem his contempt for the brutes which as mere things for our use he also declares to be without rights is thoroughly jewish and in union with pantheism is at the same time absurd and detestable with all this spinoza remains a very great man but in order to estimate his work correctly we must keep in view his relation to descartes the latter had sharply divided nature into mind and matter that is thinking and extended substance and had also placed god and the world in complete opposition to each other 
spinoza also so long as he was a cartesian taught all that in his cogitatis metaphysicis chapter twelve one one sixteen sixty five only in his later years did he see the fundamental falseness of that double dualism and accordingly his own philosophy principally consists of the indirect abolition of these two antitheses yet partly to avoid injuring his teacher partly in order to be less offensive he gave it a positive appearance by means of a strictly dogmatic form although its content is chiefly negative his identification of the world with god has also this negative significance alone for to call the world god is not to explain it it remains a riddle under the one name as under the other but these two negative truths had value for their age as for every age in which there still are conscious or unconscious cartesians he makes the mistake common to all philosophers before locke of starting from conceptions without having previously investigated their origin such for example as substance cause etc and in such a method of procedure these conceptions then receive a much too extensive validity those who in the most recent times refused to acknowledge the neo-spinozism which had appeared for example jacobi were principally deterred from doing so by the bugbear of fatalism by this is to be understood every doctrine which refers the existence of the world together with the critical position of mankind in it to any absolute necessity that is to a necessity that cannot be further explained those who feared fatalism again believed that all that was of importance was to deduce the world from the free act of will of a being existing outside it as if it were antecedently certain which of the two was more correct or even better merely in relation to us what is however especially assumed here is the non datur tertium and accordingly hitherto every philosophy has represented one or the other i am the first to depart from this for i have actually established the tertium the act of will from which the world arises is our own it is free for the principle of sufficient reason from which alone all necessity derives its significance is merely the form of its phenomenon just on this account this phenomenon if it once exists is absolutely necessary in its course in consequence of this alone we can recognize in it the nature of the act of will and accordingly eventualiter will otherwise end of chapter fifty recording by expatriate in bangor maine